we'll have like five amazing baseball players. And since that's so stat heavy in that league, they actually said it was the most to die in one year, Hall of Famers. There was Bob Gibson. There was COVID-related oh, and stuff. COVID-related. No. Oh, just oh. normal. Yeah, Minnie Minoso. Um, Minnie Minoso. Bob Gibson, Phil Negro, Joe Negro, who incidentally won 316 games and won 145 games after he was 40 years old. Imagine that being the society of specialists where you got a you know a, a lefty one out needed in the ninth inning pitchers many right many, and that's uh, his thing. Yeah, yeah. In the old days, you went to the bullpen when you were drunk or fat or couldn't perform too well. Or you needed a cigarette. Yeah, it was like in the old days of laboratory drug testing before it came in. It, you, they put you in toxicology if you were a fuck up. If you couldn't hit the doctor's offices, you went to the toxicology. I hate to say that's probably how I got there. <laughs> well, you know, talking about just old baseball, that earlier in the year when I, we got to go by Mickey Mantle's boyhood home in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that just strung together so many incredible memories of baseball then versus even now. And it's certainly fine now. I enjoyed the game. But there was just so more aura around it then. Maybe because yeah. it was the primary pastime for America, but the Mickey Mantle story, the way he, when he got to New York from Oklahoma to New York, it was like he put a jet pack of partying juice on him. He played all that, hungover, smoking, drinking, carousing, and still did what he did. And of course, you could always say if he didn't do any of that, would he have been able to even be better? I say maybe not. I think it had to be the perfect mix of what he was in order for that to work out. Fuck no. In this woke society, we're, we're going to be taking down his statues pretty soon, along with the Confederate soldiers. He did all those terrible things. Chewed tobacco, womanized. Did you ever read the letter that he wrote to Yankee management? When uh, they asked him, when the Yankees, oh, this is precious. Write this one down. You got to go to the archive for this on the internet. I'm sure it's there. When the Yankees were moving to Shea Stadium, while they were rebuilding Yankee Stadium, I'm going back a little ways. Not so far back, but I forget the name of the press secretary for the Yankees. He's as famous as Whitey Ford or Mickey Mantle. I just don't remember his name right now. He called up the Mick and said, would you mind saying some good things about your career and everything? We're trying to drum up some support for the team moving. So on Yankee stationery, handwritten, in his inimitable way, he wrote back, Dear Bob Fiskel, in response to your request for any Yankee memories, I got a blowjob under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen. It was about the third or fourth inning. I had a pulled groin and couldn't fuck at the time. She was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with the cum after I came in her mouth. I said, Joan ask me, I'm no cocksucker. Signed, Mickey Mantle. It's as good as that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I love that, Joey. That's hilarious. About <laughs> the time him and Mickey Mantle drank all night long, spinning yarns of all their former glories. Now I remember Christmas Eve when 
packing in the pouring rain Things were never quite the same after that night But in the package you left under the train Was a new silver wristwatch Dressed to his favorite grandson Henry To think that the Yankees are retiring my number seven With numbers three, four, and five Tops off everything that I could ever wish for I've often wondered how a, a man who knew he was going to die could stand here and say that he was the luckiest man in the world. But now I think I know how Lou Gehrig felt. It's been a great honor. I'll never forget it. God bless you all and thank you very much.